you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey everybody and welcome to another bonus episode of Horror Movie Night. This week I am joined by Josh Rubin, the writer, director, and star of the new movie that's on Shudder as we speak, Scare Me. How's it going? Thanks for having me. No problem at all, Josh. Uh, so first and foremost, with any one of these movies, I don't want to dive too much into the details because I don't uh-huh. I don't want to spoil anything for people. But I do have to say one of the things you did in this movie that I really loved was instead of um, instead of doing like an anthology type movie where they start telling the story and we cut to like a narrative short of what they're telling you force us as an audience to sit and watch the entire storytelling technique and it is so much more captivating than you could possibly imagine oh my god thank you so much for saying that that's very kind of you uh so there's a few things that jumped out at me when i was watching this movie and obviously the there's an early moment in the movie where you do what I will have to say is one of the best Crypt Keeper impressions I've ever heard. Uh, but Thank you very much. He's my hero. Well, and that's where I was going to get to. Obviously, I'm assuming, based on a, uh, a film about telling scary stories, you were probably a Tales from the Crypt fan. Oh, a huge Tales from the Crypt fan. Watched it way too young. I remember... Joe Pesci getting so, uh, sawed in half by the twins and the uh, werewolf reveal in the vampire episode and, you know, Dan Aykroyd uh, calling uh, his fellow soldiers Yella. I mean, I remember details about that show when I was far too young to probably have known anything about that show at my age. So, yeah, it was uh, 
and probably one of my first forays into, you know, into understanding what anthology kind of was, episodic anthology anyhow. Well, and that that kind of leads me to the question I wanted to ask you, which is, what are some of your all-time favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt? Oh my gosh! Um, well, there was there, I mentioned the, the werewolf vampire episode, but there was specifically an episode where a kid, I believe, was adopted by um, by uh, parents who were acting quite strange. They turn out, I believe, to be vampires, and then he turned out to be a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> awesome upending of expectations you know it was like fright night but you know uh uh you know i i I was i was adopted by vampires and then you're upending your cross-pollinating creatures and and within the genre and those are you know those are what i that's that's definitely a classic one What's that? So that's definitely a classic one i always for for my money i will always say that i think the ventriloquist dummy uh, with Bobcat Goldthwaite is like one of the best anthology segments I've ever seen. <laughs> oh wow! Wait, was that the one where he had something in his ear or heard voices in his head? No, so that's the one with uh, what's his face from The Matrix, and Sam Kinison is the voice in his head. Oh, Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, Joe Joey Pants. Yeah, but this was the one where Bobcat wanted to be a ventriloquist, and he goes to visit Don Knotts, and it turns out that Don Knotts wasn't a ventriloquist. Wow. His twin brother was his hand, and it was just a face and arms on his hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Don Knotts, too. Like, they got some incredible people. Like, you're reminding me of the William Hickey and Arnold Schwarzenegger episode, and also the Jeffrey Tambor and Dem- Demi Moore one that was, like, absolutely terrifying. And I'm, um, I'm pretty sure Arnold Schwarzenegger directed the one that he's in. That's correct. That's <laughs> That's absolutely correct. The other... terrifying. The other ones that I remember chilled me to the bone when I was a kid. The first episode I ever saw was the one where the the brother was a scientist and he had a theory that the brain was the last thing to die when you die. And it's all Whoa. just a POV camera of him having an autopsy oh, done yeah. to him. Oh, my is God. Like the Humpty Bogart likeness and John Lithgow? That, one is, that, that one's also good. I think that one's called You Murderer. And it was, I think I, I think I read that that was actually Robert Zemeckis was trying to test out the technology for Forrest Gump by doing the. Oh my God. Uh, You are, this is one of the most, wow, you're, you're breaking open an artisan horror part of my brain that I don't often get to exercise. So thank you immensely and kindly. (laughs) I am, this is a thrill. I, I have a philosophy when I do interviews and I think that that philosophy is that Anybody who's creative would much rather talk about other people's art than their own when forced to have to talk about themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, when it's like, and I'm always happy to, to, to do it, to answer it. But, you know, it's like, um, how many times you can talk about the, the origins and how X Project came to be, it's, it's, which is always, again, I'm extremely grateful to be able to do it. But, uh but you know, yeah, to be able to have a break by uh, by nerding out about all the above is uh, is a thrill. So thank you. <laughs> the last one I want to give a shout out to because for my since college I've wanted to find a way to do a feature film version of this particular Tales from Crypt story was What's Cooking, where um, it's like meatloaf oh. and a bunch of them are cooking people in the and it's a uh, Judd Nelson. 
yeah, Christopher Reed and Judd, like, it's such a good episode. Uh, yeah, oh my god, yeah, Meatloaf, Christopher Reeve, and oh my goodness, yeah, the steak. I remember the breakfast and all the food shots looking so damn, so damn good. Yeah, uh, um, it's top notch. The the other thing that jumped out at me when I was watching this is that you kind of take a swipe at werewolf movies. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You, you have yeah a, I absolutely do. You have a line in there where it's, well, you know, with werewolf movies, you've got American Werewolf in London and all the rest. Um, so do you really think that there's only one good werewolf movie? Oh, no, I, I'm with uh, I'm with Fred. I mean, I I, um, I I mean, I think Fred is more of a fan than she than Fanny is. And I think Fanny's kind of looking for slightly more the art in this situation. But I mean, you know, Bad Moon is one of my favorites it's not for you know for the effects it's incredible it's incredible it really really is you know i don't super appreciate you know the gratuitous boobs at the top but it's like you know everything after that like the way it looks and the tone and the suit we so we've been doing every once in a while we'll cover a werewolf movie and we always say like the problem with werewolf movies is that like nine times out of ten they hinge on how good the werewolf looks and it usually doesn't look that good and it's always the same story of guy fighting against a desire to be a killer beast. And I love that Bad Moon is right. just like, he doesn't care. He is more than happy to just be a murderous beast when the moon comes up. And, like, that makes it such yeah. a more interesting story to tell. But the detail of, like, knowing that it's coming and knowing, like, okay, I should probably start handcuffing myself to this tree is so rad. Um, and it was actually like an interesting character trait. So for many, you think like, okay, like this, you know, this woman's brother, Meryl Hemingway's brother is trying to help stave this, this beast and this, you know, demon within. And it's like, nope, no, he just, it eventually completely overtakes him. And it's, uh, it's such a thrill. I'm actually kind of working with, um, Bill Todman right now, who I believe is one of the producers on, on Bad Moon. And, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's it was very hard not to nerd out whenever I get on the phone with him. Um, so, <laughs> and I'm one of those incredible. weirdos who saw Werewolf in Paris before he saw Werewolf in London. So I have like a Whoa. We- <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a weird soft spot for for an all God, '90s alternative God, soundtrack, dude. And like that movie could have been something so much better. Like I remember hearing that that was. The original script was written by Tom Stern, who did, like, Freaked with Alex Winter, that I think is, like, a masterpiece. And I just wish that wow. he had gotten to direct it. Like, they told him he wasn't allowed to direct it. And I think a Tom Stern-directed movie using the effects from, like, the movie Freaked would have been perfect. But wow. instead we got yeah. the hyper-CGI movie with, yeah, that during that one year that everyone booked Tom Everest Scott to star in their movie. I know, I know, God, but it was it was an inspired choice because he kind of has a similar innocence to the you know the fellow from the first film, um, whose name I should know but I don't you know so just like uh, it, it was it was inspired casting at the at the time I appreciate it. The the other thing that I want to talk about that happens in the movie that jumped out to me is very early yeah. in the beginning. There's an awkward conversation with an Uber driver, and I you know I I do a lot of podcasts. Uh, and I travel a lot, so I've had awkward podcast conversations, and I'm watching, I'm watching that scene, and I'm thinking, this didn't take a lot to write. This is probably pulled straight out of the real life of Josh Rubin. You are, you are one thousand percent correct. Um, in fact, I probably ripped 
uh, too much from the conversation I had with the driver picked <laughs> me up from Newark Airport, and not only started telling me about his great idea, you know, he's like, I can't tell you much about this idea, um, but it's one of those ideas that James Cameron would, you know, probably definitely go for, um, and then proceeded to give me, like, every detail about it, um, and then proceeded to tell me about, like, you know, his ex-wife. I mean, it was honestly it was more of like a Jim Cummings character if we're on the topic of other, you know, werewolf movies and, um, you know, great filmmakers um, with Wolf of Snow Hollow in the midst. But, you know, it, it was very, it, I actually, my, my first, when I was tossing around ideas just in my brain about what what this, like, kind of first indie will be, um, a, a writer stealing an idea from, from a driver um was kind of going to be, you know, was kind of what I was interested in exploring, but it wasn't sort of strong enough, and I, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited we netted out where we did, but you are very astute, that's completely correct. It's always the worst, the, the, the question that she asks is anything that I would have seen, which is, I get the same thing with like, oh, you do podcasts, anything I would have heard? It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, my name's not Mark Marin, so probably not, I guess. <laughs> but I, I love this movie. I want our listeners to go check out this movie because it is it's what we need, I think, sometimes. And, and we've covered this on the show. I, I will sing the praises of Hereditary and, and Midsummer and those movies. But we need some fun movies, too. And this is just a fun movie. You're not going to sit there and watch this and feel sick to your stomach and feel like you just want to curl up in bed for the rest of the day. Like you're going to have a good time. You're going to want to watch it with friends. Obviously we can't necessarily do that, but you know, zoom and watch it together is a fun thing to do. Uh, but I, I, I want to thank you, Josh. You made a great movie for a, what is clearly going to be a very different Halloween. Well, thank you so much. I, yeah, I, I really, I, that really means a lot. I set out to make the kind of film that I wanted to pop on and forget about and that was rewatchable, you know, to use kind of a, um, a more of a vanilla word, but I wanted to, I wanted to recreate that kind of feeling I got watching Stephen King's Cat's Eye and Tales from the Dark Side and, you know, would pop on to sort of escape from the horrors of the real world and see great practical effects and just kind of enjoy and the biggest thrill of, of, you know, recent days has been hearing folks who are watching it again. I watched your movie again last night. I caught more stuff. I really enjoyed, you know, the musical sequence more than I had on the first go. You know, all that kind of stuff really, really, um, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's filling me up. So. Yeah. It's, and I mean, it's such a well done, uh, small cast, single location for the most part. Like it, it is. Yeah. Anybody who says, "Oh, I always want to make a movie, but I don't have the money to do it. I don't have the resources to do it." Like, watch this movie. It shows what you can, how much you can achieve with very little in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. Sa- and I and I doubt you're taking that offensively, but I want to make sure you know that I'm not saying that offensively at oh, all. No, like, not at all. Like, yeah, not at all. Uh, Not at all. Yeah, thank you. Well, where can people go to keep up on what's happening with Scare Me, and more importantly, what's happening with you and your future projects? Well, I'm uh, I'm Josh Rubin on Twitter and Instagram. You can't miss me there. Um, R U B E N. Uh, unlike the sandwich, more like the blades. <laughs> and um, 
uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll be continuing to post praise because I'm, I'm still, you know, despite the fact we're in a global pandemic, I'm still, you know, scratching off a bucket list item. Um, I, I still can't believe that this has happened, that I got to make a thing, let alone that Shutter picked it up, let alone we went to Sundance, and let alone that people are enjoying it and watching it more than once. So I, I've, I've um, hit bucket list items 10 times over at this point. I'm so grateful. So, um, yeah, check check me out there, but, uh, you know, um, keep, keep supporting independent film and, um, and uh, up-and-coming filmmakers, especially in the space. Got a lot to say. All right, well, thank you so much for your time, Josh. Yeah, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 